Hello, welcome to the Purple Fish Podcast, Crucial Conversations on Evangelism. This is Mark Wilson, and today I have a special guest with me, Greg Atkinson, who is a best-selling author and speaker, entrepreneur, and leadership and guest services consultant. He speaks and he writes and consults about what he's passionate about, leadership and guest services. He uh, founded the first Impressions Ministry and, and Conference. Uh, that's the, the premier guest services conference for, for churches. And Greg lives in the Charlotte area. Welcome, Greg. Thank you for coming on to my podcast today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a real honor to have you. And I've admired your work for a, a long time. In fact, I know you have a new book that's coming out in, in, in June about kindness. And, and I know you've written several other uh, books and articles and things and chapters and books. Uh, but and, and first impressions, um, creating a welcoming and, and, and hospitable environment at a church. Um, why do you do this? Like, why why would you say first impressions is so important? And why do you devote yourself to to this cause? That's a great question. I uh, I always start with the why. It's it's so important to get to the foundation of why we do what we do. And it's interesting. You you just kindly mentioned my new book coming out on kindness. And in that book, for the first time. I share my personal story of growing up in South Carolina. I know where you are. And I grew up and had a pretty traumatic childhood. And people read my story. And I've had some amazing endorsements and amazing people that because of the profile of their ministry and their boards and the people they deal with, they had to read every word before they signed off on it and wrote an endorsement. And many people sent me private notes when they sent me their endorsement saying, I had a similar childhood. I'd love to talk to you about this sometime. But uh, a few said something very much to the point of now I know why you are so passionate about first impressions. Now I know why you love hospitality, because I talk about the way I grew up. I talk about uh, abuse and trauma and church wounds and things that I've been through. And, you know, growing up in South Carolina, I'm sure you've experienced this and you're going out and speaking and consulting and um, coaching and things that you do. I have, uh, I grew up in a very cold church. And so it is, I've joked with people, it is amazing that I am still involved in church after the childhood experience that I had because the church I grew up in was very cold and the opposite of welcoming. And so as I got older and as I went into ministry uh, nearly three decades ago, 1994, so next year would be 30 years, I, um, and I started in ministry in the state of South Carolina in Charleston. And um, what I have learned over the years is that I just grew more and more passionate about hospitality. It is one of my spiritual gifts. It is one of the areas that I'm strong in. But I think having been to so many churches over the years in coaching and consulting with um, and having personally firsthand experience with cold churches and unwelcoming churches, it grew a fire in me that just grew and grew and grew. And now I'm more passionate than ever. And so when it comes to 
the big C church, which we're all a part of, whether we're Wesleyan or Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian. And by the way, I love the Wesleyans. I have been to the, the headquarters in Indianapolis. I'm friends with Russ Gonzalez. I've done a lot of stuff with the Wesleyans. I, I love the Wesleyan tribe. But no matter what denomination you're a part of, we all have the same great commandment in the Great Commission. And so we are, ter- we are told to um, love our neighbor, and we are told to go and make disciples. Yeah. And I find it hard to make disciples if people don't come back to our church. So I'm very passionate about guest retention and turning first-time guests into second-time guests and third-time guests because we all have that desire to disciple people and walk alongside them in their spiritual journey. But if they come once and we never see them again, we don't get that opportunity. We don't get the chance to disciple them and walk alongside them and be there for them in the tough times and the valleys and um, hospital visits and deaths and weddings and all the amazing parts of ministry. We don't get to do that if they never return. And so I have just for the last 20 years been super focused and passionate about hospitality and guest services and welcoming the stranger, which I wrote about in my book uh, um, um, that you you referenced earlier. I wrote about welcoming the stranger, which is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, the concept of hospitality, if you want to really get to my why, is that it's thoroughly biblical. From Old Testament to New Testament, we are told to welcome the stranger. Jesus said, for I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. Those are words in red by Jesus. And so um, we we are called, and I call it a biblical mandate. We are mandated through Scripture to welcome the stranger. So that's a big part of my why. Well, well then, uh, how can churches do a better job of that? Because it seems like a lot of times churches struggle with welcoming the stranger or retaining. And I don't think they mean to be called necessarily. They just they just are. Um, how how can they do a better job? of welcoming the stranger, welcoming guests, maybe closing the back door so they'll actually come back a second and third time? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I I resonate with you in your sense, and, and you have uh, more experience than me, and, and but your, your wisdom pointed out that it's not because they don't want to. Uh, I don't think anybody means to make a bad impression. I don't think anybody means to be unwelcoming. I think what happens, and you and I have discussed this, is it's a mindset. It is um, it is something that many successful churches have in common. When I teach on hospitality, and I have a class and a workshop that I do on the why of hospitality, I talk about things that successful churches have in common. And I always ask the audience, you know, what do you think successful churches have in common? And I get a variety of answers, but then I changed the slide to my answer, which is they plan for and expect guests. And so what I have found when you talk about mindset and uh, expectation, you know, my friend uh, Nelson Searcy wrote a great book called Fusion. And we were just talking recently because he's speaking at this year's First Impressions Conference. And he's teaching on his book Fusion. And he's teaching on assimilation and guest follow-up. But one of the things that he talks about in his talk that I was just watching is the principle of spiritual readiness. 
that are we spiritually ready for God to entrust us with uh, guests? Would we be good stewards of this these guests? And that goes to from everything of uh, little things like the way our facilities look and the way our teams respond to all to a whole system and process of discipleship and having systems in place to handle growth. I remember the first church I ever consulted with. This was in West Texas in 2005. Um, and this is when I was largely just shooting from my gut after a little over a decade of ministry experience and being asked to consult with the church. I looked the pastor in the eye and I said, what would you do if all your dreams came true? And he kind of stared at me. I said, what would you do if all of your marketing work worked? What would you do if every member did invite a guest? and you doubled in size next week. He said, oh, we, we would crumble. We would crumble. We're not prepared for that. Mm. And that's the way I based my consulting ministry for the last 18 years since 2005 is how do we put systems in place? And I partner with Church Fuel and other organizations that have a lot of systems packages that you can study and read and um, learn about. But how do we prepare for growth? And like Nelson Searcy talks about the principle of spiritual readiness, we all have this desire to reach our community. I hope we do have this desire to reach our community. And if your community, if your church is, let's say, 50 to 100 people, like my church is a church of 100, so I can relate to a lot of people listening. If, if your church is 100, but your community is 12,000, people in your in your town or city or maybe you have 50,000 maybe you have 100,000 that shows there's a, a lot of harvest there's a, there's a lot of work to be done yeah. when it comes to the great uh commission and when it comes to reaching our neighborhoods and our our neighbors and our community with the good news of the gospel and so if there's a lot of work to be done then uh yes we want to pray that God would bring new people in but I love this quote from Mark Batterson, and it sounds like a shameless plug, but he is also speaking at this year's First Impressions Conference. He's the first speaker that kicks off the conference. But Mark has said for years, and I've known Mark for 20 years, he's always said, pray like it depends on God, work like it depends on you. And I have fleshed that out wholeheartedly. I believe it with all my heart. When I'm praying for something, I pray desperately for God to move on my behalf, but I also work my tail off to do everything in my power to see it come to fruition. Pray like it depends on God, work like it depends on you. And so when it comes to the spiritual principle of spiritual readiness, are we gonna be good stewards of the guests that God, God sends our way? And so have we cleaned the nursery? Have we vacuumed the floors? Have we swept, have we mopped? Is there a good smell in the air, you know, that I talk about in my secret shopper book? Is there, um, is, is everything ready? Has the musicians and worship team worked on transitions? And I talk about removing roadblocks and obstacles, anything that would distract somebody from encountering the living God. I mean, that's what we all want in corporate worship is to encounter the living God. He's alive. He's well. He's risen. We just celebrated Easter. He is 
He is alive and well. He's a living God. And so we want people to encounter him in worship. But if they're thinking about the smell, if they're thinking about distractions, if they're thinking about, are my kids safe in that nursery I just dropped them off in, then they're not going to hear the message. You know, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of pastors over the years, hundreds of pastors, and what I have found is they put so much time, heart, blood, sweat, tears into their sermon, but if a guest comes and they're not comfortable and they're not welcome and they don't feel at peace, at ease, they never hear the sermon. They're distracted and they're thinking about other things. And you know the famous quote of most people make up their mind in the first seven minutes whether or not they will return long before the sermon. And so I want uh, to encourage your churches that are listening to be good stewards of the guests that God may send your way and to diligently work and do everything you can do in your power to prepare and be ready for them. It is a mindset um, do we plan for and expect guests? Yeah, one time uh, I remember uh, we we uh, were having some struggle keeping our, our guests. And so we, we developed a task force called Looking at the Church Through the Eyes of a New Person Task Force. Yeah. And so they came in and they took pictures. And the pictures were, were, were they, they, they came to our board meeting afterwards. They showed the pictures and the pictures were the backs of people's heads. And so they said, this is what we saw. We saw the backs of people's heads. People were friendly and they were laughing and they were talking, but they were all friendly and laughing and talking with each other. So if a right. timer would come in, they wouldn't know how to break into those kinds of circles. Do you have any suggestions on how a, how a pastor can help people to have more of a an open and welcoming posture for the stranger as they come through the doors? Absolutely. So Tom Rayner, who I respect greatly, and he's written some amazing, amazing books on hospitality and becoming a welcoming church. He said in one of his books that he had done a big research project when he was with Lifeway Research. He did a, a big research where they actually polled and reached out to guests of churches that did not return, that had left and not come back to the church. They polled them. And the number one reason that the guests did not return to a church is they said, once we got through all the professional greeters, the people waving in the parking lot, the guests holding, the greeters holding the doors open, the ushers seating us, once they sat down in the auditorium, nobody talked to them. That was the number one insight, the number one reason why people do not return to a church. I had a buddy of mine who was preaching at a small church of 12 people, and he, and he was local, and he said, Greg, is there any way you would come out one Sunday and do a secret shopper at my church? And uh, he said, I can't pay you. He said, but I'll take you to lunch, and you can tell me what you think. And I said, sure. This was a old, old, old friend of mine's brother who was a pastor, and I said, sure, I'll come out. So out of that church of 12 people, how many people do you think talked to me? <laughs> oh, how many talked to you? It was it was one, the pastor's wife. <laughs> and so he was so fired up and, and man, he let those 12 people know about it. But um he he came he showed up to the next service with a copy of my book in his hand and held up my secret shopper book and said, "I had a secret shopper here this morning. This was the Sunday night service, but um but it's, it's that thing of people 
Now, you know, some people would love to hide. And so you got to be able to read body language. I've always talked about that. Some people don't want to be hugged. Yeah. Uh, you got you to read body language, obviously. But one thing to answer your question that a lot of churches do, and I wrote about in my last book, The Hospitality Ministry Handbook for Volunteers, I had a whole chapter on what's called section hosts. And so there's a chapter on section hosts and there's job descriptions for section hosts. But basically, a section host kind of oversees one part of the auditorium, and they know who sits there each week. And if they see somebody that they do not recognize, they strike up a conversation with them. And I always tell people, this is the best advice I can give. Please don't start with, is this your first time here? Yeah. Because they, it may not be. They may have been coming for years, and they just happen to sit in your section or, um, and I tell greeters that when they're standing outside, never say, hi, is this your first time? You, you want to greet somebody and say, hi, my name's Greg. How long have you been coming? And they may say, actually, this is my first time. Oh, great. Welcome. Yeah. Or they may say, well, I've been coming two years. Great. I'm Greg. I've been coming about three. I've never met you before. What's your name? But never start out with, is this your first time? Because it could come across as offensive to some people. And as you know, in ministry, some people are touchier than others. But when it comes to inside the auditorium, if you designate, this does not have to be a big, hard, formal position with committees. Just pick out maybe four um, section hosts. Uh, maybe they're a Sunday school teacher. Maybe they're a deacon. Maybe they're an elder. Maybe they're just a sweet uh, mom that, that cares about people. But somebody in the front left, somebody in the front right, somewhere in the back left, somebody in the back right, that just kind of oversees that section, and they have the mission of making a conversation, starting a conversation with somebody who they've never seen before, and that kind of heads off that problem of, well, nobody spoke to me, because there are so many people, unfortunately, that leave churches every Sunday they get in the car, they look at their spouse, and they say, I don't know about you, but nobody said a word to me, and they never come back um, because it's just it's a, it's a bad first impression, and you know I'm big on first impressions. And so uh, now I, I couple that with read body language. If they don't want to get in a big conversation, they give you a short answer, read the room, and um, just welcome them, thank them for coming, and turn turn back around. <laughs> but... Um, but if, if people do want to be noticed and welcomed and spoken to, this is a way to do it. And so, in, um, and by the way, I don't make any money on my hospitality ministry volunteer handbook. If you buy a thousand right now, I'd never know it. I'd never make a dime. But if you read that chapter on section host, it'll give you a lot of ideas on how to set that up at your church. Well, that's a great idea. I, that is a, such a beautiful thought because that's simple and it's easy to do. No, very easy to execute. Yeah, you you mentioned your secret uh, shopper consultation. Let's say a pastor would be interested in doing something like that. How do they? How would they set something like that up? Uh, it was a couple ways. One, uh, you know, my name's Greg Atkinson, so you can email me at greg at gregatkinson.com. But I usually tell most people just go to worshipimpressions.com and check it out. So Worship Impressions is my business name. Uh, for that secret shopper company and worship impressions has uh, a page about me, a page about the process, what's involved. It has all, uh, 
a lot of endorsements where you can read what other people thought of the process. And then there's a simple button that just says get started. And when you click on that, it opens up a simple uh, Google form that has a very brief questionnaire that tells me about your church, like your, your name, your pastor's name, your church name, your church website, where you're located in the country, how many people attend on a weekend, and what your goals are, what you hope to accomplish. And then that is automatically forwarded to my email. I read that before I contact the church. I read where they're located, what size they are, how many service they, they have, services they have, things like that. And then I um, see their goals. And I, I honestly don't travel as much as I used to. But if I can't do it, I can find somebody to do it because I know people not only all over the country, but especially in the Southeast where I know a lot of your churches are located. And so if it's not something that I can go out and do for whatever reason, I know people to connect them with. But um, that's basically it. Go to worshipimpressions.com, click on get started, and we'll get started. I think that's fantastic. Now, one final thing. Um, you uh, you mentioned the, uh, the the conference that's coming up. I think it's May 10th through the 12th. Uh, can you tell us just a little bit about the First Impressions Conference, like what that's all about? Yeah, so every year there's a different theme. This is our ninth conference. So we 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 next next uh in the fall we'll hit the big number 10, but this is our ninth event. And um because I have a brand new book called The Secret Power of Kindness coming out June 6th, we decided to go with the theme of kindness and just see what all of our 38 speakers, we have nearly 40 speakers speaking on their thoughts on kindness. It may be being a kind church, kind pastor, kind leader, kind culture, or the kindness of God. We've had some pastors that did like a theological overview of the kindness of God. You know, the Bible talks about it's God's kindness that leads to repentance. Yeah. There was one pastor, a church planner, who last year in Outreach Magazine was the fourth largest, uh, fourth fastest growing church in the country. And I'd had a chance to consult with them a few years ago and to do a secret shopper for them. And he said when they were planning their church and getting ready to launch, they built uh, their why around this verse that they wanted to uh, express God's kindness and everything they did, that God's kindness leads us to repentance was a key verse for their uh, launch team. And so they, they kind of built their entire culture around kindness. And so, um, uh, every speaker, and we have a very diverse lineup, and um, people from not only all different backgrounds, but all different denominations speaking on their views on kindness, and it really comes together to be a very beautiful um, conference that will fire your congregation up and your leadership and your staff about kindness, and it all ties into first impressions and hospitality Everything we do, it still feels like the First Impressions Conference. It's just that our theme this May is um, uh, kindness. And so you just go to firstimpressionsconference.com. There's a button that says check out the Spring Conference. When you click on it, it shows you uh, a description about it. There's a promo video that shows you kind of an exciting video of what's to come. And uh, you can scroll through all the speakers and see the lineup, see if you recognize anybody, and then uh, click a button to register. But 
Um, so that is tied into my, my book coming out this summer in June on the secret power of kindness. And so um, yeah. um, I'm excited about that. Uh, right now it's just in pre-order stage because, you know, we, we're not shipping books yet until, until it comes out in June. But uh, this is, as I said, something very personal to me because it's the first time I share my story and my childhood and why kindness and hospitality are so important to me. Well, and you know, I, I did something very different that I've never done before. I actually had my three adult kids write endorsements of their dad and it blew me away. Like I was crying my eyes out reading what my adult kids said about me and how they view me and what they think of me. And so that's something I've never done before, but I just felt led to ask them, would you write an endorsement of your dad? And uh, so it's a very special book. It's the most personal book I've ever written. Well, that's beautiful. And may your tribe increase because this world, it needs more kindness. That's for sure, particularly in the incivility uh, that we've seen in our culture and, and, and around the, the world today. You know, uh, Greg, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy um uh, life and schedule to connect with us about this. These are important things, and uh, I really appreciate you you uh, you, you coming on the, the show today. Uh, God bless you, my friend. And yes, thank you for having me. All right.